Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So I want to, we're going to start tonight by comparing some things. And um, before we kind of get settled in tonight, um, since, since this is the group that braved Trafficpocalypse um, 2K18, um, what I want to ask you to do, I know I may hear some groans from people, well, you, everybody come to and kind of sit in the first five rows, just so we're all a little more together. Um, and that way I can sit down and we can have a little bit more of, it'll be a little bit less of a lesson and more of a discussion. I'm going to do a scary thing um, today, tonight, and I'm going to give you at different, at different points of the evening um, the opportunity to ask questions uh, that are pertinent, you know, questions, questions having to do with the lesson tonight, not you know, what's your favorite kind of cheese or something like that. Um, I don't have a favorite kind of cheese. I like them all. Um, so <laughs> but, uh, but it, so here, here's the deal. Here's the deal tonight. Since we have a smaller group tonight, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask questions. So um, what I'm going to do is there, if, if you have a question, hold on to it. And when I get to a stopping point at the end of every point, I'm going to ask anybody have any questions. And I'll take like one or two questions. And uh, so, because what we're talking about tonight is a little confusing. It's been confusing because we're talking about prophecy. We're talking about revelation. And we're talking in our tag group. I'm sure you guys asked the same question. What do you find? I think the question was something like, what do you find most confusing about like the end times or prophecy or whatever? And our consensus was everything. <laughs> we find it all confusing. So as we're going through this, if you have a question or you think, man, how, do, how, do, how does that match up? Just ask me. Um, just ask me. But tonight we're going to talk about how Jesus, according to the prophecy, Jesus is king. So it got me thinking. In, we, all, we talk about who's the, mo, who's the best, who's the king of this, and who's the queen of that. Uh, sometimes we use the term goat, like greatest of all time. Not like, but like greatest of all time. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you the question here. Um, and these are just some options, but you can say, who do you think is the, the king? Well, I don't know if there's a queen of football. I mean, they do like the powder puff girl. What do they call it? Like the whatever. Uh, anyway, who's the king? Well, and you know, Tom Brady's more of a queen than a king. Let's just be honest. But, um, but um, <laughs> who's the king of football? Baker Mayfield. Because anybody who can make the Browns win has to be the king of football. We'll just maybe leave it at that. Um, so, so, um, so, you know, that, I, that could spark a huge debate. How many of y'all are, foot, like, diehard football fans here, right? Okay, so, you know, you know who's the king or the queen of, uh, you yeah, know, queen of football? Next one, where it's another sports one. Who's the king slash queen of music? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Oh, I don't think so. Frank Sinatra. Michael Buble. Okay, okay. If anybody... If anybody says Luke Bryan, you're, di- you're like disbarred from youth group. Like, you're, you're out, okay? So, <laughs> okay, there's another one here, um, right? I think we have one for, do we have one for basketball? I think I made one for basketball. Um, maybe that was up towards the top. I thought I had one of basketball because that's like, the, that's like the big debate going on right now. Okay, so I just got to know. It's, it's, come, it's really come down to these two. How many of y'all, how many of y'all say LeBron James, the king of basketball? How many of y'all say, how many of y'all say Michael Jordan, true American basketball hero? Okay. How many of y'all think somebody other than those two, king or queen of basketball? Okay. 
I would, I would submit Space Jam Bugs Bunny. Okay, but, <laughs> okay, so, so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, if you ask, if you ask these questions, if you ask these questions, there's, there's debate, right? It, it sparks debate. Well, if I was to ask you, if I was to ask you who's the king of the world, or who's, there'd be a debate. I mean, I know the Sunday school, Sunday school answer is Jesus, right? Jesus is king. But if I was to ask, who's in charge of the world? Well, some would say, like, the American president, because America's big, bad, we can, we, yeah, yeah, three words, we got the, four words, we got the bomb, right? So, so some of you would say, whoever's the president of the United States? Um, some of you would say, who's the head of the um, United Nations, right? Who's in charge? Well, we don't really know. I think that's the problem is, yeah. <laughs> um, so, then, but then I could ask you this question, who's, who's in charge of you? Well, somebody, some of you would say, my parents. Some of you would say, my teachers. Some of you would say, my soccer coach. And then somebody, I heard it here, somebody would say, me, myself, I'm in charge of me. But here's, here's what you need, here's what we're going to ask tonight. And I know this is kind of, you're turning it spiritual. We're turning it spiritual. Hey, Gabe, you'll have the opportunity to ask a question at the end of this point, okay? Until then, zip it, lock the key, throw it in the river. Um, we're going to ask this question tonight. Who's the king of my heart? And it should be God. But I want you to think about that because I know that's your answer. But is your answer actually the truth? Um, so we've been talking about prophecy past two weeks. We, and prophecy is a fancy word for things that the Bible say are going to happen in the future. So when you think of prophecy, don't, don't, don't get intimidated. Just, prophecy just means the, the, what the Bible says is going to happen. How many of y'all would like to know what's going to happen? I mean, that's something we all kind of, yeah. It, sometimes it's hard for us to be interested in what has happened in the Bible because we're like, that was like a thousand years. Yeah, this stuff is actually stuff that's going to happen. And we have this, this, this really cool fact that in the Bible, if you, you from front to back, there are 2,500, 2,500 <coughs> predictions. So they have predicted this thing and they predicted this is going to happen. Of all those predictions, 2,000 of them have already happened. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. Um, the Bible has a really good track record. The Bible actually has a perfect track record. God is batting 1,000 in baseball terminology. God's batting 1,000. Uh, yeah, he, he, some, of the, some of the teams in the MLB playoffs could use him if he was a baseball player. Um, so we have this chart that we've put together. It's not a perfect chart, and it's, it's not meant to confuse anybody. But we started in week one. This is the timeline of, you know, we're here, 2K18, 2018, remember? Uh, and, and here is what's going to happen, and it all ends with Jesus recreate, creating a new heaven and a new earth in the perfect heaven that we all hear about. Um, if you've heard about it before, like in Sunday school. But there's these things that are going to happen in between. The first week, I think, which is the next slide, well, we talked about how Jesus is coming back for us. The next thing that's going to happen is Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, are going to be caught up together with him in the clouds, and we go to heaven. We say, peace out, world. See you later. Don't let the door hit you on the rear end. Uh, those who believe in Jesus, Jesus comes and gets us and takes us to heaven and when we get to heaven, the first thing that's going to happen is we are going to be judged by Christ. And at first it sounds scary because, and we talked about this last week, we're going to be judged by Christ. He was like, okay, does that mean like he's going to have this big like mallet and if I did something bad, he's going to send me to hell? No, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. When Jesus makes it, when God, God makes a judgment against you, 
If you're a believer, he's already made his judgment against you, and that was on the cross when Jesus died for you, and he took your penalty. So the, judge, yeah, the judgment seat of Christ that we talked about last week when we had to send off for Wyatt, the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus rewards believers, he rewards Christians with, with, with gifts, with rewards based on what they did for him. And we learned, what do we do with the rewards? We take the crowns that he gives us, those rewards, and we worship him, and we, and we make it a habit of, we, we fall at his feet, we put our crowns at his feet, we worship him, we put our crowns back on our heads, we wait a couple minutes, we do a couple things, you know, we take a drink or whatever, um, and, when, and then, then we, we, we go back and we worship him. So have, you know, when we get to heaven, it's going to be this reward, and it's going to be this worship service. Okay, while all that's going on, and what we're going to talk about tonight Something else is going to be happening on earth, and it's called the tribulation. So we're going to, here's where we are. You know, we've been raptured, we've been judged, we're worshiping God. We're going to talk about what's going to happen while we're worshiping God down here, and then we're going to talk about how it's all going to come together. We're going to come back down from heaven. Some of you have, well, I don't know if you should ask, how many of y'all been in a fight before? You just be honest, like... I, I'm not going to ask you, how many of y'all have lost the fight? That's kind of embarrassing to admit, isn't it? But um, we're going to be winners this time. We're coming with Jesus, um, and we're going to come back to earth victorious, and Jesus is going to set up his kingdom on earth. So it's going to be really incredible. It's going to be fun. So we're going to talk about a couple things. First thing we're going to talk about, if you have your Bible, open up to Revelation chapter 6. We're going to do, I'm trying to do math here, sorry. I went to grace. Um, we're going to do... It's just a joke. I'm allowed to joke because I went there, right? Um, um, we're going to do 14 chapters, 16, 14. <laughs> math, I, I didn't major in math in college. We're going to do 14 chapters of Revelation in about 15 minutes. Um, so just kind of buckle up. If you don't have your Bible, um, you get, get it up on your phone there. Um, we're going to dig in. But turn to Revelation 6. And the first thing that we're going to learn about is this tribulation. Um, how many of you have heard that term before? It's kind of a scary term, and it, I guess it kind of should be a scary term. Pretty much what it, what it just means, a bad time, a difficult time. When we are raptured into heaven, when I say we, I mean people who believe in Jesus. If you don't believe in Jesus, um, you're not going to, you're going to be staying down here on earth, and you may not want to do that, and you'll probably learn about that here in a couple minutes. Uh, what's going to happen is the kingdoms are going to be divided. Right now, God's kingdom is, is in heaven, where he is, where Jesus is, but we who are heirs to his kingdom are here on earth. Well, when we're raptured, it's going to be divided, and the best thing I can compare it to, and this isn't the best analogy, but um, there's this one show that talks about these two different worlds. There's the regular world, and there's the upside-down world, and there's bicycles involved, and you know where I'm going with that. Um, these two different worlds that are going on. So what we're going to be looking at when we're talking about the tribulation is there's two different kingdoms going on. There's us, those of us who believe in Jesus and have been raptured, and we're in heaven, and we're worshiping God. And, you know, I get tired sometimes of going to Christian concerts and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I'm ready to go home. This is going to be a worship service that you'll never want to, you'll never want to get out of because you're going to see Jesus, and you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to do anything but worship him. So there's going to be this worship going on in heaven, but on earth because God removes his spirit from the earth, the earth is going to be in total rebellion, and you're going to see just how terrible that rebellion is. So what, the book of Revelation is interesting because it's, it, it flashes back and forth. It's, like, it's almost like that show I was talking about. It flashes from one kingdom 
to another kingdom. And then you ever watch like one of those 90s sitcoms and like it's going between like or like one of those hospital dramas and it's like flashing between two different, two different events that are going on at the same time. The book of Revelation is kind of like that. It's flashing between two different events. What's going on on heaven and at the same time what's going on on earth. So um, the first thing that we see is that it all starts with worship. Um, if you, you have Revelation chapter 6, but back up just like two verses into Revelation 5, verse 13. It's on the screen there too. And you see, this is you. If you believe in Jesus, you, what's so cool about Revelation is you actually, get, you, you actually get to read some of the words that you've said that you haven't already even said yet. Does that make sense? Or was that like, whew. You get to read some of the words that you say that you haven't already said yet because they're recorded right here. And these are some of the words that you're going to say. So you get to have like this flash forward thing where you get to... You get to know what you're going to say in heaven. And this is it. Uh, It says, to him, you're saying this to God, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, meaning Jesus, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then the four living creatures, we talked about that last week, these terrific, fearsome creatures that surround the throne of God, they say, amen. They're like, yeah, I agree with what they're saying. And and then we fall down and we worship God. So you see this work, it's like, it's like, Winter Jam on steroids, I guess. It's this big worship service going on. Okay, so now we're going to f- switch scenes. We're going to go down to earth. And you see something that's not so nice on earth. And, okay, let's just read verse, verse 1 and 2 um, of Revelation 6. It says, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder. Can you imagine? We talked about those creatures last week. Um, yeah, it's, got, it's covered in eyes, and it's this fearsome, like, six-winged creature, and it speaks in a voice like thunder. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, if, if we have pants in heaven, my pants are wet. I mean, that's going to be scary. Uh, and, um, and here's what he says. He says, come. <laughs> six-winged creature covered in eyes says, come. You know, I'm there, you know. Uh, he says, I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider had a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, Bent on conquest. Uh, that's the first of this series of judgments that God sends to earth. And they're, they're, they're in three different categories that Revelation gives us um, for like the next 14 chapters. And the first category is the seal judgment, not like the, like, like the water seal, but like seal as in what would seal a scroll, like a seal, you know. Um, the seal judgments and the seal judgments go to the trumpet judgments, and the trumpet judgments go to the bowl judgments, and they all get progressively worse. So if you're, if you're someone that doesn't believe in Jesus, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, you may want to pay attention to this because this is in your future. Um, and, and for those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, we learn this because it's in the Bible, and we learn because it gives us a picture of God, but we take comfort in knowing that God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. This is not something that you have to experience. This is something God saved you out of. Okay, one more thing before we look at all these judgments. There, if you're interpreting, the key to interpreting um, Revelation, there are four keys. And I just want to tell them to you real quick. The first is that George Washington, this is serious, George Washington would have a hard time describing a Camaro. Some of you have heard me say this before. George Washington, what, what if it was a 1776 and we just did the whole America thing and we're fighting the battle of independence. George Washington's on a horse, and all of a sudden, by, you know, passing by him at 80 miles an hour on the road, you know, how many of y'all, you know, who here has a driver's license, is Haley driving a Camaro, and you know Haley doesn't drive slow, I mean, you know she's got a lead foot, so she's got one, she's got this Camaro, and she's like, you know, goes, goes by him, and you know, you know, passes by him, and George Washington, he's never seen a car, has he? 
So he whips his journal out, and he's trying to write down and describe what he just saw. What, how do you think he would describe what he just saw? If it was, you know, what, what do you think, Alex? What do you think? A, yeah, a fast-moving object, and it looked like a, if it was one of those like yellow Camaros, it looked like a, a, a huge butter, a huge, a huge honeybee or something. So I was just attacked by a ginormous honeybee. You know, because he, he, he don't know what a car is. He don't know what your, you know, your compression engine is. He don't know any of that. So... John, who wrote Revelation, God gives him this vision of the future, and John is trying to write down. So some of the things that he's writing down, you have to understand, they're not exact, they're not going to be, he's not going to describe, if he saw a tank, he's not going to write, I saw a Sherman tank, because he didn't know what it was. Um, He may liken it to a scorpion, you know, because it kind of has like, you know, thing. So (laughs) anyway, you have to remember that. You also have to remember sin has consequences. God is not just indiscriminately saying, okay, I want to zing a lightning bolt at Caroline because I don't like her, you know, and I'm a judge, Drew, you know, and I, yeah, 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 oh, I, I see you sitting back there, Savannah, you know, like, God, sin has consequences, and what we're seeing here are the consequences of living a life of rebellion to God. The next thing is that Revelation's one book in the Bible, so when you see some of this stuff, remember that in, in other passages of the Bible, it gives us more detail, like Matthew 23, Matthew 24, um, some of the prophets. It gives us more detail, so don't, you know, if you look at it and you're confused, remember there's more to it than that. The final thing is to remember that Jesus saves. There's nobody here tonight, there's nobody you go to school with, that if they put their faith in Jesus Christ right now, that Jesus won't save them from these things. Jesus, is, it, Jesus died on the cross for everyone, and salvation from this judgment period is available to all who ask. So remember these things as we're going in. So I've got my handy-dandy. This is my tribulation handout because I couldn't fit all the, like, tribulation events onto my little note piece of paper. If you're one of those, like, hardcore note Nazis and you have to take notes, I have this, and I printed out, like, 10 copies back at the refuel table. So if you want one to kind of put in your notes, they're back there. First come, first serve. So um, the first thing we see are there are seven sealed judgments where things get bad. And I'm just going to, we're not going to spend detail on this. This is a big picture. Okay, we're not going to dig deep into the weeds. The first thing you see is the Antichrist comes. This is someone who is a false king, someone who, who comes to power, and it, it, he tries to take the place of Jesus, but he's not Jesus, and he consolidates power. Think about if somebody went around, and, and they became not just president of, like, England, but they became president of all of Europe, and then they became president of the U.S., and they became president of the African nations, and you throw South America in there. They consolidated power. So that's the first thing is people are going to want a ruler, who doesn't you know, like God, they're going to get him. The next thing you see in verses 3 through 4, the second seal, is war. Like, lots of war. Like, a lot of people killing each other. It talks about a red horse, symbolic of blood. The next thing is poverty. Uh, poverty, it's, it's in verses uh, 5 through 6. It says, um, there's this the creature that says, two pounds of wheat for a day's wage. It's pretty much saying, people won't even have the money to buy what they need to eat. And this poverty is going to be widespread across the world. Um, I don't want to be there. I'm glad God saved me from it. Um, Verses 7 through 8, it talks about how death is going to come to the world um, by war, by famine, and by plague. Um, In in the next seal you see, uh, it's uh, the fifth seal in verse 9 through like 11. Um, People... There will be people who who come to Christ during this tribulation time. We learned that in Revelation. And these people will be massacred. These people will be martyred. These people will be put to death because of their faith by this Antichrist. Um, In in the next seal, seal number six in verse 12, you see see these storms. Earthquakes, um, the moon turns red, um, and it's symbolic of God's wrath. And we think about this hurricane that's hitting Florida right now. 
Um, that happens every year, this time of year. This is going to be stuff that's out of the ordinary. And then the seventh seal in chapter 8, verse 1, silence in heaven. So all these things have happened, and then heaven gets quiet. So we've looked at heaven, right? Worship service. Then we look down to earth, and these seven seals happen. I'm glad I'm saved out of it. Then it switches back to heaven. It switches back to heaven. And if you look at chapter 7, um, it switches back to heaven. I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Um, chapter 7, and if you look at verses 17, 16 and 17, specifically verse 17, it talks about those of us who are in heaven. Here's more of your words. You ready? Here's more of your words. It says, the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. God will wipe away every tear of their eyes. So it flashes to heaven. What are we doing in heaven again? We're worshiping. Those of you guys who don't like to worship, you may not like heaven. Just, just throwing it out there. So then it goes back to earth again, and we see more judgments. Um, look at chapter 8, verse 6. Fire comes to earth. Uh, verse 8, the oceans are polluted. Verse 10, the rivers are polluted. Verse 12, the sun is darkened. Sorry, this is, I know we're going through this quick. But, um, chapter 9, verse 1, um, demons are sent to earth. Demons show up on earth. Um, chapter 9, verse uh, 14 through 21, um, there's going to be this huge war in the Middle East. You're like, yeah, shocker, Matt. That's always happening. This is going to be on a scale that we've never seen. Then in, in, in chapter 11, verses 15 through 19, the seventh seal, heaven opens. And look at chapter 11, verse 15. This is an important moment here. Um, this is you talking again. So maybe you should go ahead and start memorizing these verses since you're going to say them anyway. You know? um, verse 15, it's us, and here's what we say. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will reign forever. So this kingdom of heaven and this kingdom of earth, it's a foreshadowing. It's going to collide. What's going to happen when Jesus and his people, that's us, collide with the forces of evil? We're going to find out about that. Um, then things get, I don't know how else to explain it, things get downright nasty. Um, some of you know, the first 14 plagues, the seals and the trumpets, what a lot of scholars believe is that this isn't necessarily something that happened because God necessarily sent these plagues, but it's a natural consequence of God's spirit being removed and people just getting to do whatever they want to do and going against God. Rivers polluted, I can understand how we could do that. Yeah, any of y'all want to take a drink out of the Ohio River? <laughs> Not me, right? Um, war, you know, we can bring that on ourselves, but the next seven are specifically symbolic of the wrath of God, and these are supernatural events that come on to people. Um, verse, or chapter 16, verse 2, uh, the first bowl of God's wrath that's poured out is, <laughs> some of you are going to get grossed out by this, it says, ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast, people who worshiped this false god. Um, the next seal, the sea turns to blood. For those of you that are marine biologists, you'll be out of work. Um, the next, in verse 4, the next bowl is fresh water turns to blood. Think about what would happen there. No drinking water. You remember when the, um, it was a couple years ago, um, something happened to the water and you couldn't drink it, and there were people going around everywhere trying to get bottles of water, and Walmart was selling like a bottle, a package of bottled water for like $30, a bunch of jerks, you know, like, um, you know, imagine how quickly all that would happen. Um, verse 10, or verse 4, um, the, a third of the world is scorched with fire. 
The sun will flare and a third of the world will be scorched with fire. Some people say, well, Matt, why is America not in prophecy? And I wonder that too. And the Bible doesn't give a specific answer. But when I, I think about a third of the world being scorched by fire, it could be us. You know, we're, we're, you know, our you know, continent and hemisphere is a third of the world. Uh, in verse 10, the fifth, the fifth uh, bowl is total darkness. Total darkness. Look at, ver- look at this, verse 10. This is, this is interesting. It says, um, the kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed God of heaven because of their pains. You would think that after all this, people like, God save us, God save They're saying, they're shaking their fist at God. They're still angry at God. You know, we, we think that if people really knew who God was, that they would worship him. There's some evil. There's so much evil in the world and evil in our hearts that even though we've received the revelation of God, sometimes we still fail to worship him. Um, in, 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 verse, in, in verse 12, uh, bowl number six, the Euphrates River dries up. And the Euphrates River keeps a lot of peace in the Middle East. That, you know, I don't know if you're, any geographers in the room know, but it separates some nations that hate each other. What do you think is going to happen if that river dries up? People be crossing that river, you know, and there, there are going to be some fighting going on, right? Um, so, so, so this huge war, and it paves the way, it paves the way for, 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 for Jesus to come back. Verse 18, severe weather. It talks about lightning, thunder, 100-pound hailstones. I mean, somebody's going to get buried underneath a hailstone. Like, this is not like your typical hail. You know, uh, you, pe- people are going to be getting, you know, this is supernatural. This is supernatural. So all these things happen. All these things happen. These two kingdoms. You see the difference here? There's worship going on in heaven. There's rebellion going on on earth. Worship on heaven, rebellion on earth. And then, and then, the king comes. And I hate to tell you this, <laughs> but we ran out of time again. So next week, we're going to have to talk about the millennium. Next week, we're going to talk about when Jesus comes. And he doesn't just come on his own. We come with him. And we're not these mamsy-pamsy angels with wings. We're part of the army of God. Some of y'all never won at anything in your life. Like you lose at fantasy football. All the teams that you like lose. And, but guess what? When you come back with Jesus... You're going to be a winner. You're going to be on the right side, the victorious side, and you're not even going to have to fight. Some of you are like, that's good because, like, I don't like violence. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> you're going to win, and you don't even have to kill anybody. Um, but that's coming next week. But I want to ask you, and this is, a, this is kind of a different lesson. I mean, we, hey, you made it through a lot. You made it through 12 chapters of Revelation. And you may say, Matt, this all sounds very scary. Well, I want to ask you two questions. Jesus is coming back to take Christians. So Christians are not going to have to deal with this. Christians will not be a part of this tribulation. We're going to be worshiping God while the world is suffering the consequences of a rebellion. So here's the question I want to ask. When I say Jesus is coming soon, how do you take that? Do you take it like this? Jesus is coming soon. Or do you take it like this? Jesus is coming soon. Because some of you aren't ready. I'll just, I'll just be honest. Some of you have never put your faith in Jesus. And you may say, Matt, it sounds like you're trying to scare me into accepting Christ as my Savior. Well, I'm not trying to scare you, but this is what God says is going to happen. So the question is, and I'm just going to leave it with you, are you ready? The second thing, if you believe in Jesus, 
When's the last time you've taken just a moment and thanked God for what he saved you out of? I mean, you read all these things are going to happen. God saved you out of those. All of those terrible punishments, God saved you out of them, and it came at a heavy price because Jesus took your sin. Just like these people are receiving the punishment for their sin, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took the punishment for your sin on himself. So I didn't get, I tell you what, I didn't get, give you any time to ask any questions. So um, it's time to go, and you know, but, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, um, we're going to get out of here, but I'm just going to stay here at the door. Um, if you have any questions about things that are to come, if you want to know how you can, can know for sure that you don't have to be a part of that terrible time, how you can put your faith in Jesus, um, come see me or some, one of the leaders afterwards. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to answer your questions or talk about your questions. If I don't have an answer for you, I'll try to find one. But um, I'm going to pray. Uh, we're going to get out of here. And next week, next week, you're going to hear about how you're a winner. Okay? So that, that's going to be positive. This one's kind of like, eh. next week is going to be positive, okay? So let's pray, and then we're going to put some in the middle, and we're going to get out of here. So let's pray. Uh, Father, thank you so much for your mercy. God, the reason that all this stuff hasn't happened yet is because you're patient. You tell us in, in 2 Peter 3 that you're patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God, you're holding back this wrath and you're holding back these events so that people have the opportunity to put their faith in you. So God, I pray that you'll convict the hearts of people that have never put their faith in you and have never been saved and don't know what would happen if you came back in their lives. I pray that you'll make... You'll give them this this burning within their heart that they have to make things right with you. Um, God, I pray for those of us that that, that we know know we're one of yours. We know we're your children. Um, God, I pray that we'll be a lot more grateful uh, for what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us and what you'll save save us out of um, more grateful than we usually are, Um, that it'll define our lives, the mercy, this mercy that you've shown us. Um, So God, I pray that we'll leave here changed by your word. Uh, not by anything that was said or anything that was done, but, but, but by your word that has just has, has worked its way into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.